Welcome to Looking Forward, where we speak with experts about marketplace and societal trends, and most importantly, how they might affect you. I'm Jeff Ostroff, the host of Looking Forward. If you're like me, you're fascinated by trends in the future. In fact, several years ago, that was one of the things I focused on in a book I wrote. Hi, Barbara. Hi, hello. Thanks for coming on the show. Looking forward. We're really excited to have you. We know about your reputation, your expertise, and we want to have you share some of that knowledge with our audience. Thank you for asking me. I'm excited about this. You're welcome, Barbara. Barbara, if you could tell our audience a little bit about when you got involved with the active adult and senior housing industries and why you became interested in that, and a little bit about your business and and what exactly Kleger Associates activities are. Okay. So a little background. In 1978, I became involved. So it's been over 40 years, and I can't believe that myself when I say it. That's incredible. Um, I had moved into a new home on a street with my three husband and three children, and the school that was on the street closed down and was being converted to a retirement community. Mm. And I became a liaison for the Civic Association, and I fell in love with the industry. I had just lost my parents and one of my in-laws, and to work with the senior population was just a, just a passion for me. So I went to the developer who is, was his first community that he was doing, and I said, I'm an accountant, which I was. I said, I can help you with your book. And he was an accountant too, so he didn't need that, but he said, I do need help. And together we developed that first community in the suburbs of Philadelphia, did another one in Center City, did another one in Florida and Jersey. And then we, um, uh, we became public and we sold off our stock. And I went out on my own, not knowing what I was going to do. Wow. But I had a speaking engagement the month after I went out on my own and somebody said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm either a consultant or I'm between opportunities. And that was my first engagement. And, and, you know, so the story starts. So we wound up developing some communities. And then I, I went out on my own and I've been doing consumer research, marketing strategy, ever since. Those are really my fortes. And I've been doing it nationally and internationally for the last 40 some years. Wow. That's fascinating. I introduced you before we actually started to speak as an expert on active adult and senior housing. And I wonder, Barbara, if you wouldn't mind speaking a little bit about those two areas. What demographic groups are we talking about And what is the difference, if you could tell our audience, what's the difference between active adult housing and senior housing? It's such a good question, Jeff, because one of the problems in the industry is terminology and communication and people understanding it. And I would tell you, there are three segments of the industry. And the easiest way to explain, and I'll say to a a layman or to most populations, there's a go-go group, a slow-go group, and a no-go group. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So the go-go group are active adults. 
basically, and in today's world, they are the baby boomers. The first baby boomers turned 70, will we'll turn 75, you know, we're 74 now. And that's a tremendous population. And it's really, it's a some type of a housing for people that want to age in place, but are okay now. And also activities, hospitality, services. So that's active adult. They were the golf course communities, and so many of them are being built now that are not golf courses, but that's that community. The go slow is what we would call senior housing, and the word senior is starting to become obsolete because this generation does not want to be called seniors. That's not they don't want to age like a, like a senior. But it includes really three components, which are the housing that we talked about with the go-go, um, services, we call them hospitality services, like, like a resort or a hotel. That's why the hotel industry got into the industry, in and out, I should say. And it's the healthcare. So whether that is assisted living or nursing, usually that's the slow-go community, the seniors' housing. The no-go, which we only deal with when it's part of a community, is a nursing home. It's people that don't have a choice. And many nursing homes are closing these days. So another way to just understand it is the active adult industry is desire-driven. I'm the leading edge of baby boomers, and I have desire to move, usually desire for a lifestyle. Senior housing section is the slogan is either need-influenced or maybe need-driven, meaning they're having trouble living alone anymore or cannot live alone or can only live alone with assistance. So that's really the difference in the industries. You'll see the term senior probably in the next decade completely disappear because that senior population, the baby boomer coming up, will never be seniors. You know, it's interesting, Barbara, because I remember when I was very much involved in marketing and 50-plus population, we couldn't quite come up with the right name for what we would call individuals 50, 55, 60, 65, you had the senior citizens and then seniors seemed to be a better name. Just as an aside, what name do you think we're going to see? Jeff, if I had to answer to that, <laughs> you know, we would all be, we'd all be, I mean, that has been a debate in the industry. Yeah. Uh, seminars have been held on that. I mean, do you say mature? Do you put a number to it? Is it a mindset, not an age? that they started calling it the active adult, which was very much like, and you know, very well accepted. And then the lawyers said, Mm-mm, it's uh, you can't call it active adult because the American Disability Act, you can't put that adjective to a, to a person. You can call it an active lifestyle community. Oh. But we still see that word active adult floating around. <laughs> People understand it people understand it. Yeah, they can relate to it. Let's talk, Barbara, for a few minutes about the size of the market we're talking about. And I guess we're primarily talking about the go-go and the slow-go here, as you have talked about them. The size of that market, not only here in the United States, but you do work globally. So if you can speak to that, and also 
how has that size and that demand changed over the last five or 10 years? You've been around this business 40 years, but let's just take a slice of that. How has it changed, in your opinion, over the last five or 10 years? Okay, well, I'm going to focus on the, on the United States because I don't have the numbers in my head for international. That's okay. They're, they're very, in proportion, they're very similar. Okay. So the boomers that will turn 75 next year, there are 74.9 million boomers. That's 40% of the U.S. population. Wow, still big. That's a lot. They, and they control 70% of the disposable income. So wow. it's the and they grew up in, in a whole different generation than their parents. The generations before, which would have been the seniors, are either the silent generation or the lost generation or the greatest generation. And if you put those three together, and the names are somewhat interchangeable, they only have 26 million people. So you okay. can imagine how big this boomer generation is. I mean, babies born after the war. Right. Starting next year, every day, 10,000 people will turn 75. Wow, it's amazing. They want different things than the last generation did. They want more personalization. They want more choice. They want intergenerational living. The last generation was locked into their homes. You'll drag me out of here first, I knew. And this generation does not feel that way. This generation's better educated. They're wealthier. Their children live all over the world. So they're not locked in like that. And they want to continue with education. They want purpose in life. They don't want to retire. Right. It sounds like when we're talking about these two groups, the active adult community group and the senior housing group, even though those names are questionable right now, you're sort of zooming in on the baby boomers. At this point, that's the big portion of this housing community, this industry that you're talking about. It's not so much the ones coming up just after them. The others, I realize, are now mostly getting toward the nursing home side of things. So is it really mainly the baby boomers right now that we're talking about? The baby boomers were, we are looking at because anything that is being built and is and created will be for them. It's a 20 year span, 1946 to 1964. So it's a 20-year span. And in 10 years, the baby boomers will be 85. And they won't, we don't anticipate them needing as much care. I mean, I just heard last week that a baby born today has a life expectancy of 150 years. I mean, that's amazing. 150 years. So it's amazing. So, I mean, there are, there obviously are people retiring, but a lot of people are not just retiring from the retiring to something. Right. They call it refiring, you know, so. Yes. Well, you know, you, you also talked about something, if you could clarify it, Barbara, you said, the baby boomers, they uh, want to be, they're thinking intergenerationally, okay? Yet, if somebody lives in an active adult community, wouldn't they tend to be less with other generations? Do those things square? 
Yeah, yeah they, they do. Um, and this is the interesting part. And if you talk to me, if you had talked to me three months ago, it may have been different than today. <laughs> Obviously, okay. what's going on in the world today is different. Yeah. Um, but there was a mo big move back to urban because they wanted to be part. You know, walkability is really important. They wanted to be part of, of everything. But they do want their peers. They want people they have something in common with. And today, uh, you know, it was called retirement communities at the beginning, which yes. was sort of put it all together. They, at, at first, they were um, very uh, general. Uh, then they became very, very niche oriented. A retirement community that's golf, a retirement community that's horseback riding, or a senior community that's a religious organization, or that's, um, you know, for different um, uh, religious groups, economic groups. So now things really have more uh, niches than ever before. Okay. Now you you alluded to three months ago we might have said something different. That that's a perfect segue. COVID nineteen. How has that affected your business? How has that affected the industry? And how has it affected individuals who are interested in these different communities? Okay, well, let's take it one at a time. The, the COVID-19 affected the senior industry by closing their doors to any outsiders. I mean, everything became virtual tours. Um, they didn't, most places were not allowing people, new residents to move in and life inside became different because, uh, at first it was spacing out dining room tables and then not the closing down the dining room and then not having activities. And then everything went to technology and communication became something different. So there's always a light that, you know, or something good that comes out of something bad and it yeah. really started pushing us into using technology more, whether, it's, sure. whether it was Zoom with families or whether it was, or FaceTime with families or hallway bingo. You know, yes. or, um, it's so inside and outside and actually the marketing and salespeople became completely focused inward to just help the communication with the residents and families and staff. As far as the active adult industry, as in much real estate, it put a real slowdown. And in the research that was going at the time, which we've been very involved in, it actually put a pause on. And that pause is starting to come back. Okay. But what's being planned is, and what's being asked and what's being researched is way different because the word wellness is taking on a whole new meaning. Yes, I could see where it would. Now, with, with all this virtual stuff happening, have there been any opportunities that have opened up out of necessity for communities that are marketing their properties, their communities, through things like Zoom? And that might be a way that the consumer is able to somehow get to visit. Or has that been there all along it's been very little all along because okay. we're a person-to-person uh, -person industry it's not the bricks and mortar that we're selling it's the um it's the caring you know nobody 
cares how much you know until they know how much you care and it's the empathy but it has certainly changed what we're doing in the industry and it has you know forced the industry to um to do more virtuals Okay. Now, I answer the, did I answer your question? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're being forced to do more virtuals. I guess that, again, is a perfect segue to something else I want to ask you, which is we all hope, we're all expecting that at some point, whenever that is, things are going to become a little bit more normal. Okay. They, may, they won't be normal it, like it, before, but it won't, be, it won't be normal from before. Right. It's the same. It's the same way as when we had nine eleven. Airports were never the same after nine eleven. A- absolutely. I mean, it's a, life will never be the same. Life will never be the same. And I guess when you think about that, now I just want you to focus on coming out of COVID nineteen, which again, hopefully, we will with changes. What changes will the consumer? Say we're talking about a baby boomer and maybe their relative who might be with them looking at properties. What changes will we see in the industry? Will they see just coming out of this that you and I were talking about this a year ago would not have been there? What do you think well, we're going to see? I think the big, the big one is communication will be way different. It will be way different. It'll be live FaceTime, it'll be, it, it just will be everything that technology can do and what we're doing. I mean, having live chats, having yeah. conferences, having whatever. The connectiveness will be different because people will, I think people for a while will still be cautious. I don't think we'll be handshaking for, who knows? Yeah. It may not be the, the normal thing to do anymore. Maybe that elbow bump. I think the wellness life will be different. Air quality will be tested. Food will be tested. Activities will be different. Meals, so trips, events, everything will be, will really change. Wow. And I guess you would think as well, maybe some medical services, there might be some changes. Telemedicine, as I mentioned before, will be much, much more prevalent. And people will walk through as visitors and have their temperature taken. Wow. I mean... That those are big changes. Now, how about if we go a little further out and, you know, you and I could have been talking about this six months ago and we wouldn't have had any idea about this. So I realize when I say five to 10 years from now, I mean, so many things could happen. But putting that aside for a minute, from everything you've seen in the 40 years you've been involved with this, what might you think we'll see beyond COVID-19? What might we see in this industry, whether it's active adult communities or senior housing? What, what changes do you think we might see either in terms of how the communities are built, how they're marketed, things they may want to have? What would you envision, Barbara? I think I would say two main things. One would be that wellness will be more proactive, but proactive not for, not for care, but for self-care, whether there's exercise programs, body, mind, spirit, you know, wellness, as I said, in our air quality, wellness in the walls. I mean, there's whole new groups that are popping up that are into this. And that's what people will not just look at what books you have in your library and what what activities you have, what niche it is, but what you are doing 
to stay well yourself. And there will be a lot more collaboration. I mean, there will be there will definitely be groups that'll come together, collaborate, whether it's with a, a hospital or a, or a spa or, you know, whatever, there will definitely be collaboration. So I think that will be, you know, definitely one of the things that will change. And Barbara, when you say collaboration, you mean collaboration between the, the management of the community and these outside organizations? Between companies that are developing it, managing it, what they bring into this, all of that will change. Do you see the design of, of the communities being, and you talked about the programs and the health and so, do you see the buildings, the design, the layouts, any of that changing well, well, much? Designs will change based on consumer desires. Uh, so, so the private spaces will probably change, whether you, whether you want more communication in or you want to make your spaces, I mean, for small groups, but also the, the common activities areas will change because they don't want the, you know, uh, 500 people in an auditorium or wow. 300 people eating a meal together. There will, I mean, there will be all those changes. Boy, this, this COVID-19 thing, the way you're relating to it, dramatic changes. A pandemic every hundred years and it changes the world we live in. And I think that really the best analogy is because most of us remember 9-11 is how this world changed. Well, COVID-19 is healthcare and how the senior industry and the upcoming boomers will change their view of where they live and how they live. Uh, certainly seems like that will be the case. One of the things we like to point out in looking forward is where there might be opportunities. So, you know, a lot of people have lost jobs as a result of COVID-19. Other people may be starting second careers. We have students who are majoring or looking to choose a major and, and where they might go in the future. Where do you see opportunities over the next five or 10 years for people who want to somehow be a part of this baby boomer oriented senior housing and active adult community world? Okay. Let me give you five different areas I see. Go right ahead. One would be in education. So gerontology yes. would be, you know, great to, to understand the aging population. Okay. Yes. Second would be in research, to whether it's the data or the consumer research, in doing research in this industry from every level. And then I could I'd say the three components of the industry are housing. What housing do we need? What housing will we build? How will it be different? You know, what have we learned? Hospitality services will be customized. The baby boomer wants personalization. You know, they rock the world, right. uh, and they don't they don't want to be put into a box they want everything customized for them and the third will be healthcare i think you know the healthcare industry is uh, will will always be here take different shape but yes the healthcare of course all of this wraps around the technology <laughs> right absolutely absolutely yeah tremendous opportunities uh, there are, sure. there are i mean as i say and the, just the demographics show it and, and there there are not that many two and three generation households anymore. People want to be 
people that have like interests and similar interests. Yes, that, that is true. Yes, those are really good areas to focus on in the future, good, good areas for opportunity. Something else I wanted to ask you, Barbara, before we get off here, and I know you could probably speak for hours about this, <laughs> is whether somebody's 25 years old or 35 years old, and they're trying to help their parent or grandparent find an appropriate active adult community or perhaps a senior housing community. What are some of the tips or suggestions that you would offer to that individual or the person themselves who's actually looking for such a community? I usually tell people there are five things when looking into a community. And I did this with my own, uh, with my own family. Um, location, where do you want to live? You know, today it, there's usually some, something with, within the vicinity. I mean, or do you want to live in Arizona or Florida or California? So first decide what location you want to live in. Uh, second, decide what kind of lifestyle. Because lifestyle is important. That's what you do every day. You look at a, a community's activities calendar. Meet with some residents. Is this the type of lifestyle you want? Thirdly, look at the, at the management. You have to have a, a, a good management company. You know, you've managed your own home or condo or apartment your whole life. Now you're putting into somebody else's hands what the monthly will be, et cetera. So make sure that you're comfortable with the management. Fourth, look at the health care. Do you want it or do you not want it? How much do you want? Do you want a, a, a proactive, a gym, a, a health care checks, um, or do you want assisted living or, or more? So how much is there and who pays for it? Yes. And the fifth is price, is the value. Yes, yes. And sometimes these other things make it, I like the, I think, American Express commercial priceless, having yes. the companionship, the security, the independence. Yes. All very, very important things. And, and those are things that people can focus on. Well, this has been extremely helpful. I think people who listen to the show will agree. A lot of great information and tips, some forward thinking on your part. If you wouldn't mind, Barbara, telling the audience Anybody who would want to get a hold of you or anything else that you want to talk about that you're up to, how would they get a hold of you sure. and Clegger Associates? Well, we have a website, so it's a Clegger Associates, K-L-E-G-E-R Associates. You can email me at Barbara at Clegger Associates, or you can phone me at 215-893-3635. I'm available all those ways. Excellent. And thank you so much, Barbara. And again, I commend you for, um, for your longevity in the business. It says a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something. I also hope that you'll tell others about our show. If you have any comments or ideas for future episodes, please contact me at my website, jeff-ostroff.com. That's J-E-F-F dash Ostroff, O-S-T-R-O-F-F dot com. This is Jeff Ostroff inviting you to join us again next time on Looking Forward.